I was so waiting. I was ready. I was like, all right, you ready? Click. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say something. Do you want me to start it off? And then just say something. I like never start these off. Like the cold opens? Yeah, I never do. I always let you and Brendan just talk through these. Oh, something new. Learn. I I, Expand your horizons. I don't feel comfortable. You don't feel comfortable. <laughs> okay. This is not my, uh, okay. Got, we'll, we'll, we'll go into the episode. Go, don't worry. Go. Go. go the Please scared. start. Start. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Good Time Sports Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andrew Maloney, alongside Colin Brown here today. And Brendan is gone again. He says he's going to be gone for like the rest of the month. That sucks for him. I know. Look who's the most consistent now, bucko. Still me. Yeah. <laughs> second most consistent <laughs> now, go. bucko. It's go. me. <laughs> We have a lot of storylines today. We have a lot of stories to talk about today. We have the MLB. We have F1. We have uh, soccer. We have fighting. We have the NHL. We have the NBA. And as always, we'll finish off with this day in sports. And honestly, it's not just F1 today. It's about some racing as a whole. We're going to hit some NASCAR, some uh, technically, I guess, some NASCAR, uh, some Le Mans, and some F1. Ferrari actually won something. That's crazy, but it's not in Formula One, and they haven't won in Formula One in a long, long time. But let's get into it. All right, starting off in the world of baseball, we have some storylines today. Eduardo Rodriguez. Owns the ML, MLB's best ERA at 2.13. MLB's best baseball team at the moment, the Tampa Bay Rays, begin a series against the hottest team in the AL, but I'm not going to say who it is just yet because we'll bring it up later on. Uh, the D-backs have won five straight and lead the NL West by 3.5 games, and the Tigers have not won a game in the month of June. So we're 12 days into the month. That's, that's like 10 baseball games. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. That's awful. Yeah. But getting into the standings here, we're going to see just how awful the Lions are. Top Lions. LOL. Detroit. <laughs> bad sports town. Bad big cat. <laughs> bad big cat teams. Uh, yeah. Detroit's 26 and 37. Uh, and the only thing that's keeping them from being dead last is that the Kansas city Royals are just hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, both these teams just kind of have a couple pieces where they're looking towards the future. Safe yeah. to say yeah. they'll probably offload some veteran talent, try to get some prospects and everything, but they're in the build rebuilding stage as we like to call no, it. Without a doubt. And I mean, they're just also a part of a terrible, terrible division with, Minnesota leading division at 500 with 33 and 33 with a 33 and 33 record. Um, meanwhile, the AL East is still just a behemoth. Uh, every team at or above 500 with the Red Sox last at 33 and 33. I mean, literally just complete opposites of each other. It is. It is very uh, polar opposite. As yeah. we like to say. Yeah, seriously. Now, speaking of those race. Andrew, we got to talk about it. I was about to bring up the okay. AL West. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. We were going to talk about it. All right. I was literally about to lead into it. If you just let me lose my fucking show. You kind of go off the rails a little bit. I have to kind of steer you, you back do on track. You steer me back. I get lost sometimes. Uh, talking about the AL West, though, the Rangers are still leading the division. They are also the second best team uh, in baseball currently still. But we had... A very good series uh, between the best team in baseball, which is the Tampa Bay Rays and the Rangers this past weekend. And uh, safe to say the Rangers just, uh, they competed, but then also just got kind of like blown up. I don't know. Yeah. Game one was just a blowout completely uh, for the Rays in the Rays' favor. Um, game two, the Rangers kind of blew out the Rays. And then game three... Uh, a little bit closer, still a blowout in the sense that we lost by five runs. So, um, 
nonetheless, I can't help but think about a seven game series between these two teams. Yeah. And how fun that would be. It would be. And it partly the Rangers kind of are buying the eight ball with the fact that DeGrom now is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, they're still going to be competitive. They're still, I'd still say, the best offensive team in baseball. But the Rays proved why they've been, record-wise, the yeah. best team up to this point. Yeah. The bats were so hot. Um, they are climbing back up that run differential chart. Uh, the Rangers had like a 20-something run lead for a bit. And then, obviously, through this weekend, because you're kind of like knocking off each other. Yeah. Um, it kind of closed the gap a bit. The Rangers still lead the MLB as the best offensive team by nine runs. Um, but one thing it also went out to is that the Tampa Bay Rays, this series was held at home for Tampa. Yes, it was at 31 and seven record for the Rays, best in Major League Baseball. And I mean, the Rangers don't have the worst away record. I mean, they don't. They have, they're 20 and 14, still, you know, you're hovering closer to 500 there. 21 and 9 at home. So clearly had this been at home, maybe that makes a difference and that's why I think a seven game series would be so much fun between these two teams. Um but point being the Rays definitely have proven that they are the best in baseball. They continue to do so. Um but yeah, those that AL West standing is still I mean fairly close. I mean it's four a four game difference. Um, the Astros are four game or five games back just because of the number the number of games played, but um it's really interesting. Uh, the, that division is gonna be a lot of fun. The title, the the, blah, 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 blah. the division winners, the division race is gonna be a lot of fun towards the end of the season. Um but moving on to the NL. Whoa, whoa, one whoa, more wait, thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One more thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Rails. Sorry. One thing I just want to point out too, get back to the AL. Look at the Boston Red Sox record. 33. 33, completely 500, right? Yeah. Look at the run differential. Zero. Zero. They're they completely are, even. They, they are completely oh, even. we also missed something else. <laughs> talking about the hottest team in the AL, uh, in our talking points, uh, the Oakland Athletics. What? Say what? Sorry, should I repeat myself? Uh, one, more time. one more time. I know it's hard. One more time. Really got to focus on <laughs> this one. The Oakland Athletics are the best team in the AL. Sorry, just kidding. The hottest team in the AL. What? They've only won five straight games. Though. What? But it's still five straight. <gasps> this ties with the Arizona Diamondbacks for the longest win streak in the Major League Baseball. What? Yeah. You know, if they win out, they would have the best record in baseball ever. That'd be crazy. Because it's totally possible. <laughs> 100%. <Yeah. laughs> and it over till it's over. <laughs> The Oakland Athletics are going to the the World Series. You hear it first. I'm like, hey, listen, I took them in uh, MLB the show, so you know what? Anything's possible. That's true. That's Just give true. them nine. Took years. you, took you a bit, but <laughs> took me a long time. Took you a while, but uh, yeah, that kind of rounds up the AL, um, the NL. Uh, the best team in the NL. It's kind of they're tied now. Is now the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Atlanta Braves. Um, Miami remains hot. The Diamondbacks, baby. Oh, my goodness. Corbin Carroll might be a sleeper pick for NL MVP. We're all sitting here picking maybe Ronald Acuna, you know, maybe Juan Soto, maybe returning Fernando Tatis. Nah, the rookie, Corbin Carroll, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are tied with the best record in the National League. Yep. Shout out to the Diamondbacks, Ahead of the Giants uh, that are the L.A. Dodgers. I see what you did. Do you there. like what I did there? Yeah, I see yeah. what you did. Yeah. <laughs> People from California that listen to this pod would lose their mind. Yeah. They would hate that. I think that you're you're firmly planting your your fan base of where you can and can't go. And yeah. California might be one where you're like, eh, maybe a little nervous. Definitely flying to San Francisco. Girl definitely LA. should never go to Philadelphia. <laughs> never. I should never, never go to Philadelphia. Uh but yeah, uh, the NL remains pretty competitive compared to the AL, um, other than the AL um, East. But um, it's it's interesting. Uh, I can see a lot of teams in this uh, league competing to get to the World Series. I can, too. Like you said, a lot of young teams thriving, too. Yeah, and I mean, you have Miami, like, so overperforming, but a good baseball team, like... 
a lot of good players. Luis Arias is competing for the was it four hundred batting title. He's he's there in June. He's he's fighting for it. Yep. So yep. unheard of. I mean, I think I'm trying to think the last guy that I remember like competing this deep into the season trying to bat four hundred was Chipper. Um, during Chipper's prime days for the Braves. Yeah. And ironically, it's another division rival um, looking to try to maybe uh, reach that 10th. But they've got a lot of, they got a couple good pitchers. They got some hitters. Miami's a really fun team. Uh, Pittsburgh as well. Pittsburgh's now leading the Central. Uh, they're a young team doing it. Uh, Jack Sawinski, all those guys. Cincinnati Reds, though. Have you seen the highlights that me and Brennan have kind of been swapping through the group text yeah. of a certain uh, Cincinnati Red? Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. De La Cruz. De La Cruz. Man. Ernesto from Coco? (laughs) So he, I'm I'm trying to remember, he started off his first at-bat was a walk, which, you know, whatever. Second was a double in the gap, and, or no, the second at-bat was a home run that was top five hardest hit balls in the Major League Baseball this season as a rookie. His exit velocity is one of the best in Major League Baseball at such a young age. He's so talented. He's so freaking fast. He's exactly what the uh, team and the city of Cincinnati needs right now for baseball. For sure. And I just love Especially a, a city with such a rich baseball history. Oh, yeah. You always got to have a stud somewhat. So, um, But, yeah, baseball's kind of working itself out. Now we're starting to really find and solidify the better teams. We're deep enough now where I think that's something we can start to determine compared to the beginning of the year when everyone was like, oh, well, we don't know if anyone's going to still be good in 60, 60, 80 games. Like, um, things are really working themselves out. And I'm very excited to see where this goes. I like it. Yeah. You want to do injury updates, man? I can do a quick roundup of the injury updates, starting off with the Chicago White Sox prior to Sunday's series finale versus those Miami Marlins that we were just talking about. The White Sox placed Hendricks on the 15 injured list with right elbow inflammation. Obviously, Hendricks... Um, began the season on the injury list due to continued treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma before returning uh, on May 29th. So I just want to give a little shout-out to Mr. Liam Hendricks. Uh, going over to the Astros, Jordan Alvarez was placed on the 10-day injury list with right oblique discomfort. Uh, when asked Sunday if he thought Alvarez could return shortly after the 10-day window, 10-day window, excuse me, manager <laughs> Dusty Baker said, I'm not really sure, but probably not. That's a big man with some big muscles to heal. So, yeah, <laughs> interesting uh, choice of words there. Uh, Carlos Rodon, uh, left elbow strain, back stiffness through live batting practice this past Sunday. So he's going to be scheduled to face hitters again on Thursday. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle for these uh, Baltimore Orioles, excuse me, illness remained out of the lineup for third straight game uh, against the Royals. But manager Brandon Hyde said the first baseman was taking swings in the batting cage before the game. Just want to be precautionary, as we said. Give it 65, 80, 80 games into the season. You know, we're, we're kind of chilling there. Uh, Tyler O'Neill for the card. Cardinals is hopeful he can restart baseball activities later this week after consulting with a Southern California-based back specialist receiving two pain-blocking injections. So, obviously wishing the best for him. Uh, scrolling down here, Alex Wood of the Giants. Lower back strain was slated to pitch for AAA Sacramento on Sunday. And barring setbacks, said the lefty could rejoin the rotation as early as next weekend. Scrolling down here, Pete Alonzo uh, was placed on the injury list Friday due to a bone bruise and a sprained left wrist. He is expected to miss three to four weeks. Chris Sale, the Boston Red Sox, he's transferred to the 60-day injury list after imaging showing a stress reaction in his shoulder blade. Obviously not good for the 34-year-old. Julio Urias is expected to be activated from the injury list to start Sunday's game in Philadelphia, um, but those plans have changed following a left-hander's bullpen session this past Thursday. I was wishing the best for him. Jazz Chisholm, turf toe, saw his foot specialist on Wednesday and got a positive report. He excuse me, started baseball activities, including hitting in the cage, taking ground balls on Monday. On Friday, uh, Chisholm began toe exercises, so hopefully we'll see the best of him. And uh, to round it out, Akil Badu of the Tigers uh, was placed on Sunday injured list this past Saturday after tweaking his right quad, running out a grounder in the fourth inning against Arizona. Whew. That's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Middle of the season injury updates. Gotta love them. Hey, listen, they're, they are the lifeblood of this podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> how about some racing? Some vroom, vroom time? Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. Box, box. Hey, F1 comes out this week. Yes, it does. Uh, We're going to Montreal. Oh, Canada. I think it's a better national anthem than the U.S. anthem. I'm like, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hot takes. Hot takes and hot cakes. Hot t- Canada. 
Man, Andrew, Andrew, you, bud. Andrew you can just go to America now. I like maple syrup. <laughs> Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Yeah, maple syrup. Maple syrup, bud. Hey, figure it out. Figure it out, bud. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. Figure it out. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, as- Ferrari, sort yourself out. <laughs> as Andrew mentioned, the Formula One Grand Prix in Canada. In Montreal. Is happening this weekend. I don't know how French people like talk. Uh, it's probably exhausting. It's an interesting. Yeah, it's got to be. They don't like give breaths. Like they don't space it, out it words. Yeah. 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 Like what? I don't know. Shout out to the French. Um, Not really. <laughs> the French. Can, well, hey, listen. Well, thanks you. for the Statue of Liberty. That's cool. Uh, yeah, but that's kind of a big important thing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Respect people in other cultures. Come on, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, Figure Formula One returns. Uh, Max Verstappen is going to win by, I'm going to call it 28 seconds. Jesus I almost goodness. went 30. I think I'm going to go 28. I want to so bad just say someone else is going to win, but I know it's not going to be true. Yeah, I think Checo writes the ship. I think he finishes second. I think Checo wins. Okay. Max second. All right. Lewis Hamilton third. I think uh, Alonso gets back on the podium. I think Okay. I think Aston kind of regroups after seeing what Mercedes brought. They bring their own set of upgrades, which I think... I don't know if Mercedes, Mercedes is bringing anything this weekend. Um, I don't think anyone is because it's a uh, flyaway. I, I thir- oh, no, 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 no. You're right, you're right, because uh, there's two weeks this time. Yeah, so it was Aston and Alpine. Yeah. I think that are confirmed bringing up. Yeah. I don't know anybody else, yeah. but I think Fernando ends up back on the podium. It, it becomes regular, let's just say. Yeah. Where he look? Maybe Lewis comes Moving in fourth or something. Yeah. But I uh I'm excited to watch some more F one again and a race that's in our freaking time zone again. Yeah, the this start the time is one o'clock the for best, us. Dude. <laughs> Actually get to watch qualifying and practice like it's that's perfect. Like I love it. Um, Do you just kind of like throw? Because you're at work, obviously on Fridays. So like, I throw it on the TV in here. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. What do uh, what do your other office mates say about? I don't think Formula? anyone gives a shit about it. <laughs> you just you're just kind of sitting there. Everyone's working. Well, I'm not watching like, it. I just I turn it on and then like I'll turn around to peek at it every once in a while. But that's literally it. It's just Andrew just just looking. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a race car. Uh, <laughs> um, here's something. <laughs> so, uh, Formula One, obviously, Canada, I think, is one of the more underrated tracks. Oh, absolutely. I love it. It's so fast. It's so fast. Um, though, obviously, the long hairpin before the back the end. Hairpin. You don't like it? it? Pisses me off. I feel like it's a perfect. It's um, a great. It's great for racing, but I'm bad at it in the game. <laughs> So I hate it. So uh, speaking of which, did you see the Formula One ratings that came out? No, I haven't. All right. So I'm going to pull them up real quick. Do it. Um, but yeah, Max Verstappen. the highest rated? <laughs> I wonder who. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, I wish. He's actually tied for second. With Guess who? Fernando Alonso. It is. Little uh, little cheeky Fernando. Shocker. Um, shocker. Yeah, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> see. Because I definitely liked it somewhere. Yes. Okay. So Fernando is tied with second for with Lewis. Mm-hmm. Fourth, who do you got? We'll see if you can guess them. Um, fourth and fifth and sixth are technically all tied together. So if you get one of these three, I'll be impressed. Fourth, fifth, and sixth are all tied. Okay. Uh, Lando Norris is one of them. Yes. George Russell. No. Oh. Checo. Checo is the other. Two of them. Charles Leclerc. And it's three. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it's four, sorry, five, and six. Right about Leclerc. And then seven, seven is George Russell. Technically, they're tied, but. And Pierre Gasly. Carlos no, Sainz. Carlos Sainz. Yep. Damn it. I forgot about Sainz. Uh, then Pierre Gasly. Nope. Fuck. 87 sits alone at number nine. I'm not going to lie. You'd be. I'm, this is probably one of the more shocking ones. But out of, really? Out of legacy, I think they gave it to him. Legacy. It's a former race winner. Multiple time race winner. <laughs> Dude, who am I blanking on? Well, you know, while he's thinking of that, um, practice is scheduled for... Valtteri Bottas. It is Bottas. Yeah. yeah. 87. Yeah. Bottas. Yeah. 87. Then, 86, they gave one point edge to Ocon over Pierre Gasly, who's at 85. What the... F- uh, guess who um, is in 12th? Lance Stroll. It is Lance Stroll. Good job. 
Uh, after that, it is Yuki Sonoda. Is wrong. I didn't oh, technically ch- he's tied. Okay, so Yuki and there's another impressive back marker that finishes pretty high. Alex Albon. There you go, yeah. Albon. And then you have oh, this is probably the one thing where I was like, I can't believe they did this. Logan Sargent. No, no. Who do you? Who's the team that we really haven't discussed yet? In fact, it's the only team we haven't discussed yet. Oh, Haas. Uh, it's Kevin Magnuson over Nico Hulkenberg. 81 compared to 80. And then you have Zhou Guan Yu at 78, Piastri yeah. at 74, and Sargent and DeVries tied at 71 apiece. Ouch. So are you going to get the game? Yeah. Okay. Because I am too. Well, cool. once my paycheck, you know. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm, I really want to just race Vegas. Like that's like all that, I want to do. Oh, that long back straight. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm gonna wreck into you so many times. <laughs> like going to that corner. <laughs> yeah, I know the exactly dives, which one you're talking about. The dives. <laughs> and it's gonna suck for the first like month and a half because we're gonna have no setup help. None. No, you're not gonna know how to set up the damn car. Yeah. It's so, gonna be great. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Very excited. But. Um, Podium prediction for you. You said Max Checo Max, Alonso. Checo, Alonso. I'm going status quo. Checo Max Lewis. I like it. Alonso fourth. Uh, but staying in the world of racing, there's a couple really cool storylines uh, in the 24 Hours of Le Mans in France. Uh, one of the most iconic races of all time. One race of the Triple Crown, which consists of the 24 Hours of Le Mans, Monaco Grand Prix. And the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, which McLaren has won all three, hence their kind of recent livery updated yeah. they do. I got to call Brennan out this. He did not know that it was pronounced Le Mans. He pronounced it Le Mans. Le Mans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost lemons. <laughs> you know that they have a 24-hour of lemons? That They do. They do, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Le Mans Le Mans. was actually started by no one other than LeBron. Who waved the tricolor flag at to start the race and told all the drivers to start their engines in French. So le bilingual LeBron Le Mans. <laughs> so we're just this is a French episode, basically, is what yeah. I'm understanding. Monaco Grand Prix. But uh really yeah. cool storylines. Uh Ferrari, first time back in Le Mans, uh in the hypercar. In 50 years. Well, first win in 58. They haven't not competed. They haven't won in 58 years. Thought they weren't competing for 50 years. Stu- won the, yeah, for the first time since 1965, it was only the first win in 58 years. It was the first time since 2017 that a Toyota didn't win. Ferrari and Toyota battled it out for most of the race. Yeah. They did, buy a, they did battle it out. Yeah. That was so much on okay. Sorry. Yeah. I got that wrong. Okay. Uh, but Ferrari wins for the first time in 58 years. Yeah. Uh, at least they're winning in something. They are. Bro, did you see? Oh, my God. Okay, so there was this clip going around on Twitter um, where it was Piers Morgan, right? Uncensored show. He was interviewing somebody. You know where I'm going with this. Um, So basically, uh, the guest on the show uh, was asked about some of her choices she made in life and all this other stuff. And she said, because they were asking about, like, you know, what are your kids going to say when they found out all this stuff about you and all this stuff? And she goes, um, you know, oh, they can cry in a Ferrari. And freaking Ryanair, which is like, I guess, a British airway yep. or something, uh, quote tweeted it and said, just like Charles Leclerc. And I yep. freaking died laughing. Dude, they're such Ferrari haters. It's hilarious. That one page. Yeah. That airline company yeah. hates Ferrari. I'm trying to think. They're like the Wendy's of the UK in terms of like yes, their like Twitter account on Twitter. Memeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's I love when brands do that. It's such a it's a great marketing strategy. It really is. Like cuz now I so I know good. Ryanair. Now you know Ryanair. <laughs> yeah. Cuz they just meme the shit out of Ferrari. Yeah. Like <laughs> It was such that a great is moment. So though. funny. But my favorite storyline from uh the 24 hours of Le Mans Le Mans um which is a part of the Triple Crown with the Monaco Grand Prix. 
<laughs> and then Indianapolis 500. <laughs> and then the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, so you have the 24 hours of Le Mans, the Monaco Grand Prix, and the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> <laughs> Down at the brickyard. Get out the in brickyard. Indiana. <laughs> You're in the middle of the cornfield. Yeah, you know, in the middle of the cornfield. Ain't shit going on. Take a left turn. Big track. Take a left turn. Yep. And a bigger track. Left turn. Yep. And one. Left turn. Left turn. <laughs> oh, you thought I was going to say right. No, I didn't. Um. Anyways, we. what is wrong with us? Um. We're having fun. We are having a good time. Yeah. But, uh, shit, I lost my train of thought. Your oh, favorite. Favorite storyline from yeah. Lamont. Which is a part of it. I'm just kidding. The Monaco Grand Prix. The Monaco Grand Prix. The G56 this year. Uh, which, for those of you that don't know, Garage 56 every single year is an innovative car that gets to run the 24 hours of Le Mans. Uh, and this year, it was none other than a freaking NASCAR. Woo! NASCAR! <laughs> we are talking about the one thing more country than the Indianapolis 500. NASCAR. Yeah. NASCAR. 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 But this was no ordinary NASCAR. This was a bad ass NASCAR. This NASCAR had headlights. Wow. Working headlights, not stickers. <laughs> It also had an incredible aerodynamics package. It was 500 pounds lighter than your normal stock car. And it was fast. Not only that, but the drivers of this car, legends, Jimmy Johnson. Seven-time NASCAR Cup champion. Yes. Mike Rockenfeller, previous 24-hour Le Mans winner. German racing driver. Yes. And... F1 world champion Jensen Button. Yes, sir. So they had the experience behind the wheel. And the coolest thing about this is that this car was a culmination and a combination of the most successful parts of NASCAR. It had the most successful engine, which was Cadillac, the most successful body, which was a Chevrolet, the most successful team, which was Hendrix. The most successful tire, which was BF Goodrich. And I think that's just so cool. Yeah. Like that these things could all come together to create this one car that was outrunning all the GTEs for most of the race before they had a gearbox problem. That's insane. A NASCAR. It was going three seconds a lap faster than all the GTEs. And just to remind you, all the GTEs are Ferraris and Corvettes and Porsches. All the extremely... It's one of the top levels of racing in the world. Yes. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And they were wiping the floor with them. Yeah. And the reason this excites me so much is because I hope it fuels innovation for NASCAR. Because now we see NASCAR, which is huge in America already, but could you imagine how much you could grow it with the hype that there is right now between road circuit racing with F1 and IndyCar? And then you throw it into the one of the most already successful brands in racing? I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's the oldest, one of the oldest cliches, right? Adapt or die. And NASCAR Literally. now doesn't is, adapt. <laughs> yeah, well, and they haven't for the longest time. And that's part of the reason that a lot of fans that enjoyed racing. I mean, I, re- I remember when I was younger, I had like all the little NASCAR like toys, right? Yeah. And I would line them up, all 43 of them and do like, a oh yeah, the whole nine yards, right? I would remember drivers, sponsors, like all this yeah. stuff, right? Because I'm a totally, completely normal five-year-old, 10-year-old, <laughs> however old I was. But the point is, right, is like, I, you know, fell out of love with NASCAR and now I'm like into Formula One. I'm really actively watching it with you and all this stuff. And if NASCAR could really, you know, try to compete with Formula One, it's great for the sport and it's great for racing in general. And I think now that, you know, they have three races here, Vegas, Austin, and Miami. Yep. If the it is going to be success. Like it, it just is, you know, Formula One's too dominant of a superpower not to succeed. Yeah. 
And now NASCAR is going to have to make some decisions on how they're going to try to keep some fans domestically in here. NASCAR has been racing uh, for the last, I think, three or four years now on the Circuit of yes. Americas every year. Mm -hmm. And that's one of their most watched races of the year. And that's not a coincidence. Yeah, sure. People still love the Daytona 500. I've never watched it, nor do I ever want to. Like, yeah. I don't, one, I don't get the hype behind oval racing. Some people do. I get it. You're constantly going this speed. That's terrifying. But I don't know. You can make it so much more interesting. And if you just take those aero packages, that aero package that's sitting on uh, the G56 Chevy right now, throw that thing on a bunch of NASCARs and tell them to go race road circuits. Yeah. It'd be fun as hell. They had a term. And that, they sound so beautiful. The, um, it was, uh, it was a term that NASCAR used, um, cause they used to, they would have like these oval races, right? And then they would go on yeah. to a, you know, road track, but I forget the terminology that they use, but it would be like Watkins Glen or it'd be like something in, um, I want to say there's one in like Phoenix or somewhere out like West Sonoma, or Sonoma. That yeah. was another one. Um, so like NASCAR has adventured out that way. Just they, they just raced in Sonoma this last week. So there you go. And but, then and I watched that. Yeah. And it's, it's an entertaining race. I saw yeah. you post a clip about it. So it's one of those things that NASCAR, if they can learn to evolve and learn to evolve their sport, it's going to be better for them long-term. I just, that's going to bug me. I'm going to try to remember that, but yeah, uh, the Camaro did finish 39th, but like Andrew said, didn't really matter. It was actually entered in a competitive class. Well, and also the fact that it finished the race. There's so many cars that don't finish right. the 24 hours because it's an endurance race. You're supposed to do just that, endure 24 hours. So a car that has nothing to do with like any of the specifications of all the other cars that race in this sport, mm -hmm. completing the 24 hours and also making headlines while it was doing it is a lot of fun. So uh, shout out to the NASCAR team. Shout out to the Garage 56 team. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I was really excited to watch that. And I'm also really shout out to YouTube TV because uh, I didn't know I had Moto Trend TV. Um, and I'm damn glad I did because I got to watch the uh, 24 Hours in Le Mans. But that's that for the world of racing. Speaking of endurance... Let's take it over to a team that pulled off the ultimate endurance test in the world of soccer, Manchester City. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to lie. I almost, if you had not taken that over, I would have said Man U. <laughs> they are the traditionally more popular brand, safe to say. So. But <laughs> Manchester's blue. Manchester is blue, along with, well, everywhere in Europe. Europe. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, Manchester City completed the treble with a hard-fought 1-0 win over Inter Milan in the Champions League final in Istanbul, Turkey. Uh, Rodri, side-footed finish midway through the second half, broke Inter's resistance. And, yeah, Ederson made a couple of incredible saves against Romelu Lukaku, who could hey. not finish. Oh, my God, <laughs> To save the life of him. That man was getting cooked on twitter rightfully so because he had not one but i think two sitters yeah. that he should have put away to tie enter but ultimately that was not meant to happen and manchester city wins the treble which is the fa cup the premier league itself and then also the champions league yep. the second english uh premier league club excuse me to do this uh outside of manchester united who did it back in 1999 so pep guardiola who has done this treble now i think for bayern Barcelona, now Manchester City, uh, was in tears afterwards. Uh, it was his 12-year wait to win the Champions League after uh, it was his third time as a coach and fourth time overall winning the Champions League. It's Pep. It's Pep Guardiola. An all-time great. He is. He did come out and say afterwards that he does not expect to extend his City contract past 2025, so that'll be something that City fans, you know, they'll try to enjoy it while they can and try to get as many trophies while they can. But Pep... God, I can't wait for Pep to be Tottenham's coach. <laughs> you wish. Um, he only goes to superpowers. Unless Tottenham keeps Kerry Kane and gets Kylian Mbappe <laughs> and maybe a Vinicius Jr. Or... That's news. <laughs> it is. Um, because those guys are probably all going to go to Bayern. Or not Bayern. Uh, Real Madrid, <laughs> more than likely. So. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Mbappe, Mbappe says today that he is not going to renew uh, or t pick up his option. That's right. Through, uh, through 2025. 
So his contract ends now at the end of 2024, uh, the 2024 campaign. So right. um, this next year is going to be really interesting because either PSG convinces him to stay or they sell him because they're not going to let him go for free. No, and they shouldn't. No. Especially a player that talented. No. How much um, money you can make <laughs> on killing Mbappe? Yeah, which I mean, chances are he's probably going to go to Real Madrid because that's just it makes so much. Where sense. everybody goes, yeah, but, but you know, whatever. Um, you know, I want to get back to Manchester City for a brief second. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this team, right, um, is one of the greatest teams of all time. They solidify themselves winning the treble. Yeah. In terms of ranking them, right, I've heard. People bring up, obviously, the 1999 Manchester United team. I've heard uh, the Invincibles of Arsenal um, being brought up as well. This team, we always make the argument, right, in sports, that athletes are bigger, stronger, faster because of, like, the nutrition, because of what we know about science and, you know, endurance and training, keeping up for yourselves. There is a legit argument that this could be, again, not, I'm not personally saying this, but there is an argument that this could be the greatest team of all time. And I know yeah. a couple of Americans talking soccer, believe it what you will, you're listening to this podcast, so you got to be somewhat interested. Oh, you bloke! <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about! <laughs> right. All I'm saying is, right, Erling Holland is one of the greatest talents that I've personally a ever generational. seen. generational. He's 22 years old. Multi-generational. 22. Yeah. He's younger than my younger brother, yeah. which is scary. Um, you've got Jack Grealish, you've got Gwendolyn, you've got Roger who scored, you've got Ederson who made those incredible saves, Jack, uh, John Stones, I almost said Jack Stones, John Stones, uh, Ruben Diaz, like all these guys, right, that are contributing. And I, I'm here to make the case that City, this City side, is one of the greatest teams and they deserve the respect. And people want to sit out there because I've been, you know, fe- featuring kind of through the thing, right, because I'm kind of questioning it myself. And a lot yeah. of people, when you bring up this fact, it's like, oh, they spend money. Oh, they're a money club. That is the nature of the sport of football at the moment. Bayern Munich spends money. Real Madrid, we're talking about spending money. Barca spends money. Uh, Manchester United, you realize since 2016, which I believe is the year, I don't know if that's the year Pep took over or somewhere, but since 2016, Manchester United has spent a significantly amount more money in transfer windows compared to Manchester City, and they've got no trophies to show for it. So... The fact that, you know, people people say, oh, you know, it's a money thing. I don't want to hear any of that. That's just the world. That's the nature of the sport right now. Yep. So I'm here to say Manchester City belongs to be in the discussion. I'm not going to sit there and crown on myself personally because I don't know the sport well enough to kind of make a definitive claim. But these guys should be included with the Invincibles, the 1999 Manchester United Club, any Barca club, any Real Madrid, anything. So. I agree. I agree. They are an incredible, an incredibly talented team um, with an incredibly just intelligent coach uh, or manager. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, with the, he's up there with the likes of Sir Alex Ferguson and Ted Anybody? Lasso. Yeah. And, <laughs> Ted Lasso, the goat. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there really is not much else in the world of soccer, is there? Yeah. I mean, listen, Tottenham, you'll get your trophy someday. <laughs> Let's take it over to the world of fighting. Amanda Nunez, the goat. Speaking of goats, the goat. Speaking of goats. Speaking of goats, the goat Amanda Nunez has announced her retirement after a incredible, incredible win. Yeah, it was a five-round unanimous decision over uh, Juliana Pena, who Pena... No. What? Irene Aldana. Oh, Scott said Julia Pena for making the... Oh, excuse me. I got those mixed up. That's my fault. Yes. Apologies. Uh, Pena called her out. Irina, that's what I was getting. I mixed the two names up. Yes, over Irina Aldana. Excuse me. That's my bad. Uh, in two, UFC 289 in Vancouver. Uh, after the match, Nunez laid the belts down, and then her gloves also kind of signifying her retirement. She was asked... Uh, post if she would ever um, consider you know coming out of retirement and she quickly shot that down saying no I'm going to have my belt at home with me that's going to be the fake one meaning whoever's going to win it's going to have the fake one it's going to be fake forever whoever gets the belt now it's just going to be like pretending to have it so I'm gone I'm good I did everything all is taken care of of life now (sighs) her (laughs) only (laughs) opponent to beat her Juliana Pena excuse me uh, immediately takes to Twitter and start calling her out saying, you know, um, that, 
you know, listen, Pena was the only one, like you said, to defeat the Lioness. And, you know, accuses Pena of ducking her. Pena was originally scheduled to fight Nunez in a trilogy bout at UFC 289 before being forced out to withdraw, excuse me, due to a rib injury. This is kind of one of those things where uh, never let someone else dictate your journey. Nope. Um, while I respect where Pena is coming from, because obviously she feels like, you know, she wants to get one more crack. If Nunez believes that this was it, like this was going to be her last fight regardless, I truly believe her. She's never yeah. been, at least for my eyes, someone that's going to duck somebody. No. So I'm completely on Nunez's side on this, you know, and Pena really wants to have this big old grudge and everything. All right, then go take the belt. Go take the belt. Go defend it and make your case against Nunez all time. Because like you said, you're the only woman that's ever been able to defeat her. Now you have to make your own history. I fully agree. So fully agree. But shout out to Amanda Nunez. Um, happy retirement. Um, UFC fighters do tend to come back, so I'll never rule out that she's gone for good. But yeah, uh, I think she, I think she I think be. she may be. Yeah. But uh, moving on to another boxing fighting event. The, really, the thing call where they a, throw a the hands. match. <laughs> I really wouldn't call it a match of sorts. It's an exhibition. It's an exhibition. Barely. Barely. <laughs> Mayweather's bored, bro. Mayweather collected checks. These dudes keep lining up and paying Mayweather. Again, they'll probably release it. I didn't find anywhere where they released the dollar amount that he got yeah. paid. But it was basically an exhibition match between Floyd Mayweather and John Gotti Third, who he had some relation to somebody. I forget. But that's kind of the <laughs> that goes to show you how much like, of John Gotti, like the John Gotti, yeah, like, like the <laughs> mafioso, yeah. So he's related to him in some aspect. I don't want to misquote the uh, relation, but Gotti, uh, the grandson of New York mob boss, there you John go. Gotti, <laughs> there you go. Um, so basically, you know, it gets to the sixth round. Mayweather's completely in control, um, even at his advanced age, and you know, not shaven. Mayweather still just ducking punches, counter punching everything. And then Kenny Bayless, the referee, uh, calls off the fight between Mayweather and Gotti for, I'm not sure exactly what reason. Uh, Gotti was holding. Holding. And okay. kept holding and kept holding. So he was immediately disqualified. There you go. And did not like that decision. He uh, was caught saying, uh, fuck you. Yeah. On, you know, pay-per-view, no yeah. less. Um, he then tries to take swings at Mayweather, uh, after the belt, which had the same result and success as during the bell. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Floyd's team charges the ring. Gotti's team charges the ring. It becomes a whole skirmish. Um, the ring filled up quick. Yeah. And Mayweather, again, got away scot-free, like his 50 career fights. And Gotti's sitting there just being like, what the heck did I just get myself into? So I... Um, He'll never box again. Like here's like the if he was trying to create a boxing career for himself, it's over already. Yeah, and not only that, but it's just like he's gonna have his license revoked. Yeah, yeah, he's screwed. Yeah, so he's done. But I mean, that's not. And again, it's the thing is, this is all about Floyd. Like, if this had just been a random boxer, no one would be talking about this. But yeah. the fact that Floyd, again, if Floyd's gonna keep collecting these paychecks, I can't necessarily say that I blame him. Yeah, but it does kind of, I guess, you know, paint a different picture of what I thought of him. Um you know, post his boxing career and everything. Cause again, he's Floyd money Mayweather I, career earnings. He's made over a billion dollars. Yeah. I just, to me, it's just, at what point is enough enough? Floyd? Yeah. Like what, what point are you like, are you just, okay, you know what? Let me go, let me go chill on a beach somewhere with my toes in but the sand. It's the easiest money he's ever going to make. He is. It, there, I, I guarantee you these, there's an, in these contracts somewhere mm -hmm. that they're going to tie. How much do you think he made off of this fight? Well, this fight easy, probably like 400 mil. 400 300 million? mil off of this fight an exhibition i don't think the hundreds of millions but do you think floyd's i think he did it in the tens putting on boxing gloves again for anything less than 100 i think i think he would i think not a hundreds of millions but i think somewhere i'd say around like 10 to 20 at least Honestly, yeah, because John Gotti probably doesn't have that much. That's what I'm saying. You can't tell yeah, me that no, 400 right, million right, right. John Gotti. I'm thinking Jake Paul or yeah. uh, Logan Paul numbers here. Yeah, no, but. I I think I think double digits. I think is or That's double fine. digit or. But it is the easiest money he's ever going to make. Eight figures. There you go. Floyd can be 60 and be like, oh damn, I've spent all my money. If that's even possible for him, which Floyd likes expensive things. 
You seen his watch in his car yeah. collection? And be like, you know what? Someone will throw thirty to fight me. Why not? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the mafia, you know, put some money in there. I don't know. Who knows? But maybe. <laughs> Didn't say it. Didn't. Hey, listen. Coming respect, after Colin. Allegedly. 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 Uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> that I really didn't want to give that much attention to begin with, but um, all right, head on over to the two biggest events in sports at the moment: the NHL and then the NBA. So last we you know spoke, it was. Vegas had gone up 1-0. We were kind of sitting there, go Panther, you know, all that stuff. Panther. Go Panther. Um, <laughs> Vegas then responded after that game one, winning by winning by even a larger goal differential. Yeah. Uh, they kind of just... Panther. Yeah. yeah. They... Um, Panther, not Pantron. Nah, exactly. Uh, they just seemed like they were on another flight. And then, you know, they come home to Florida. You know, you think, oh, okay, you know, maybe Florida has a chance here. Florida does beat Vegas in overtime, uh, three to two, uh, in a really like heart found, like, you know, we're going to get back into this. Yeah. And then Vegas comes back with an absolute, just heartbreaker three to two victory in game four in Florida. Now heading back to Vegas for tomorrow's matchup. Well, when you're listening to this tonight's matchup between the Vegas golden Knights and the Florida Panthers in Vegas, I think the golden Knights kind of, uh, hash it out here and I think they went in five I'm still gonna go six uh I think Florida just has too much fight in them you they were down three to one to the most to to the most historic team in hockey mm-hmm. uh I don't see I don't see how Florida doesn't win one more I could just be completely wrong because Vegas just looks like they're on another level right now um but all it does it takes all it does is all it takes for the Panthers to come back is for them to figure it out. And that's exactly what they did when they were down 3-1 to Boston. I'm not saying they're going to win another 3-1 series, but I can see them winning one more and then Vegas taking it in six. That's a, that's a fair point. Uh, Matthew Kachuk has been really the lifeblood of this four, at least from what I'm And doing. he's still questionable for tomorrow or tonight. And that could be a fairly big decider in terms yeah. of Florida's chances tomorrow. Um, Aiden Hill, my God. He's one of the best goalkeepers I've ever seen. And so the fact that he's like their third string. Yeah. But he's he, literally, he's playing like a stud. Yeah. Like he's playing like a starting goaltender. Yeah. And he's like just a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. <laughs> maybe that has to do with Vegas's kind of just overall talent. But to one me, one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. So. And I just, to me, he's been a very crucial, if not at times, spearheading part of that. So. Yep. To me, Vegas, this just seems like destiny. Um, you know, we didn't really give the winner of the West too much thought. No. Vegas took that and what everybody else said. They're going to win this thing, I think. And I think they get it done Tuesday night against the Florida Panthers. That's fine with me. Because at least I can say the Stars lost to the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're Vegas Golden Knights, they'll win. Yes, right. <laughs> but my Vegas Gold Knights will also win. So, you know, it's a win-win for that's me, what I'm really. Saying. Yeah. Like, no matter what happens, it's a win-win. I mean, like, I'm surprised you brought up a team that's... You don't even put your good hanger on their jersey, you know? Want that, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. We have to have it. Uh, I have two, like, really good hangers, and they're on, like, sports coats, so... You you only have two good, hang- good hangers? Well, those are, like... Those, first off, those hangers that... <laughs> That broke. Yeah, those are actually like those good, like Target, like plastic hangers. Yeah, not the cheap wiry ones. So. No, that that's even more. Sh- yeah, literally, all of mine are the Target, you know. Okay, plastic ones. That's not. Those aren't bad hangers. I just I'm confused at how yours broke. I dude, I don't know either. <laughs> like it's so that, weird, literally. Man. I just because I I, I I like bumped the wood thing where yeah. like it hangs on, and it just and I was like, that's just like a sign, like. You just gotta leave. It was like, is it, has the, like, has the jersey been picked up? By the way, yeah. is it still no, on the it's ground? Hanging. It's, hanging. <laughs> it's in the same spot. Bro. It's I actually put like tape around it and put like a frame above it. Like, no, yeah, no, it's like it's a crime scene thing. It. It's yeah, got yeah, yellow yeah. tape around it. Yeah, it's just like yeah. here lies the Dallas. I, I chalked it. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like it's it's dead, oh, gone forever. Yeah, the stars gone are forever. Yeah, the stars are dead oh, until man. next season. But I'm just gonna clip that that audio. Stars are dead. 
<laughs> my new ringtone whenever Andrew calls me. Stars are dead. Stars are dead. Shout Stars out to Vegas, dead. my bitch is a star. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Bars. Didn't steal that from future at all. Oh, yeah, you know, totally. Whatever. Totally original. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from one Miami-based team that's down 3-1 to one to another. We take it over to the NBA Finals. Damn, you had to do that. But you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so have we gotten through two games? No, I think we were one game through this year. Or no, we hadn't. It was one of them we hadn't started yet. Uh, I think this it one was, was Vegas. Game. Okay, so because we had the NBA Vegas. came first. That's right. It's the only one that would make sense that we had started. There you go. So yeah, so we came in. Nuggets had won 104 to 93. You were still confident in the Miami Heat at this time. Um, my Denver Nuggets, who I've not wavered the entire time we've done this podcast, the entire NBA season, uh, <laughs> they did lose in game two, 111 to 108. And close loss. Yeah. And then followed it up with two very impressive road victories, 109-94 and then 108-95. Miami, interesting note, has lost four straight at home, these playoffs, if you remember the Boston series, obviously, yep. way back when. So... Now going into tonight's, literal tonight, it could be yesterday for when you're listening to this. Um, so I guess you'll know the answer to this kind of discussion, but uh, I got Denver winning. Uh, I think Denver takes care of it at home. I think Nikola Jokic solidifies himself as a top 10 center, and Denver is one of the great all-time runs. I think they've only had three losses their entire playoff run, and I think the Nuggets get their first NBA championship. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree. No fight on this one? No fight. Okay. So uh, <laughs> go ahead. No. So naturally, I'll be wrong. Okay. Um, okay. But no fight. No fight. All I, right. I, the tandem of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic has just been unstoppable. We and, both, right? So when this season started, we were like, all right, Denver, you know, they're going to be a good regular season team, but we don't see them getting past round like two, no. I think is what we were mainly saying. Oh, we were disrespecting the shit out of Denver. And Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Right? And then so they come out. They, you know, ball out in the regular season. We're like, all right, we've seen this before, whatever. And I think we were guilty of what a lot of people were guilty of is the fact that the impact of Jamal Murray, who's been now for a year and a half in the prime of his development, was kind of questionable. Like, oh, is he ever going to be back to the player that we thought he could be? Michael Porter Jr. stepping up in big moments. Aaron Gordon, a former number four overall pick. Aaron freaking Gordon. Um, has been... I think, honestly, at times, like the second or third best player on the Nuggets, yep. uh, especially, you know, last game with Jamal Murray kind of having his first, like, coldish game. That leads me to this, right? Where does Nikola Jokic rank all time, right? Right now? With the title. With with the title and with the MVP that I believe and you also believe is going to get tonight. Because I'm, I'm going to roll off the list, right? And I'm not trying to get into too big of a debate here, Okay. You've got, in no particular order, you've got Braun, you've got Jordan, you got Magic, Duncan, and you've got uh, Kareem. Again, no order, so don't quote me on this. You got Kobe, you have Dirk, Wilt, you have um, Russell, you have Bird, Shaq, Hakeem, Steph, and then you've got Julius Irving, you've got KD, you got Moses Malone, you've got Dirk, KG. do you think? No, not that high. Maybe a couple places down. I mean, dude. No, like, you know what? That's where I would put Nikola, right behind Dirk. So you'd have him So in your list. That's you, buddy. That is me. I was like, what the heck is this? Now we're copyrighted. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Whatever it was. Fuck. <laughs> Delete the whole damn your, thing. Your freaking thing of future is going to get copyrighted Whatever. before. The- <laughs> Do you think hey. I sound like, yes. you yep. think I sound yep. like future? Yep. I, I got you, buddy. I'll buy your record. I am subscribed to your SoundCloud right now just (laughs) off of that bar alone. (laughs) Um, Point being, I I don't know. Like, to me, he's around, like, top 25-ish. But, like, in terms of centers, right, I just named, like, Shaq, Wilt, Kareem, Russell. Uh, There's obviously um, David Robinson's in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on names now. But he's, like, well in the top 10 now, maybe, like, around somewhere between 6 and 8. Of centers, yeah. Yeah. And it, and he's he's only going to get better. And now that they're about to win, like, I mean, now we're sitting here having conversations. Is he the best player in the NBA? How long can this go on for? And it's just amazing how much a championship can validate 
uh, someone's career. I mean, we're still talking about Chris Paul being arguably one of the best players never to win a championship. Charles Barkley gets roasted for it on TNT all the time. All the time. Uh, James Harden, I mean, for crying out loud, like he, during his heyday, was dropping <laughs> 40, it seemed like, on every given night. And now Nikola Jokic, Denver Nuggets, Mike Malone. Like, Denver's low-key become kind of a sports title town. I mean, the Avalanche won last year. You know, you've got... Um, the Nuggets on the verge of winning their first NBA championship. Uh, we'll see what Sean Payton does in Denver. Uh, freaking Coach Prime's coaching Colorado football. Denver is a pretty good place for being sports yeah. uh, fandom right now. They're, yeah, that's... That's... Oh God, dude. Like, it's crazy, right? I mean, the Rockies are not great, but, I mean, other than that, you got hope really much in everywhere else. You really do, dude. I <laughs> Does it make you a little envious? That's literally why I'm like so quiet right now. I hate it. Why does everyone else get these good things? I'm, I'm not gonna. It's like Tampa. Tampa winning the Stanley Cup two years in a row. Yeah. The Bucks being good. Yeah. The Rays are now really freaking good. Yeah. <sighs> Sucks. Yeah. Dallas will have their time. Stupid. Yeah. No, he won't. <laughs> Jerry Jones owns our team. You're just all. You're just thinking that. I mean, dude, you got Luca coming back next year. The Rangers Jason are really Kidd's good right now. Our coach, okay, and, and maybe he won't be in a year from now. God, I hope not. But then we're gonna lose Luca. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's you know one of these guys that just is loyal to the. Okay, that's not healthy. Stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. Um. Now here's another question on the other side of it because I know Miami were not giving much chance if at all to win this. Where's Jimmy Butler rank all time? Is he a Hall of Famer? That's maybe a better question. Because all, yes. all time, that could be yes. down the line. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Okay. I agree. For the people that don't agree. Two NBA that. Finals appearances, leading your team. Leading. That's the big thing. Leading. You're leading your team. Yeah. There's plenty of guys I could say have been to the finals three, four times even. But he's leading his team to the finals. Without Jimmy Butler, the Heat are not here. Yeah. They, they've lost in round one even with the hurt Giannis. Yes. And I agree, but for the people, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit. People will say, oh, you know, um, he really hasn't done it in the regular season and at least to like a level of a Hall of Famer. He's not a traditional like, you know, all NBA, you know, MVP or any of this kind of stuff. But to me, that kind of just undermines what he what he's done. I agree. And I think... He may never get a championship, like especially this year, like potentially being like one of the years that he could have really gotten it. Yeah, um, unless he just goes and joins a super team, right, or becomes the second or third best player. Yeah, I. It, that's what kind of sucks sometimes about narratives and stuff because he is a really great player, but like I feel like as we go through history, he may get forgotten a little bit because of Chris Paul's gonna be a Hall of Famer. He will be, but Chris Paul at least has had. You know, success to a high level. I mean, he has a nickname like the Point God. Yeah, I mean, it's. I understand it's a different. And Chris Paul's also better at his position all time than Jimmy Butler is. Chris Paul's arguably top five point guard ever. Yeah. Whereas Jimmy, no disrespect, he's not in my first five, maybe even ten small forwards. No, I agree, but it's still enough to be a Hall of Famer. I agree. A championship, so it's a championship or, uh, an MVP. Mm -hmm. One of the two solidifies it. Easy, mm -hmm. without a doubt. But you can't look at Jimmy Butler and not think like he is the MVP for Miami. Mm -hmm. Like, it, I I don't see a world where you can't say it. Yeah. So one thing of note too, I just remembered this: Tyler Hero is expected to give it a go tonight. Um, he was a twenty point per game score for the Miami during the regular season, for what it's worth. Uh, Jimmy also... I mean, they have to pull out all the stops, They dude. have to. Jimmy um, was also asked in an interview how he feels about the Hall of Fame, and he said, quote-unquote, I do not care. I won't even show up to the Hall of Fame ceremony. Now that I could be tongue-in-cheek, whatever. Um, to me, I agree. I think he is the lifeblood of that team. He's the lifeblood of now two finals runs. And I think hopefully basketball historians and basketball people who enjoy basketball will carry his name in good light throughout his Even life. if he's not a Hall of Famer. I think he should be. No. Okay. You're, oh, you're asking even if... Because uh, I, 
the thing is with the NBA, I think he still will get in the Hall of Fame just yeah. because the NBA Hall of Fame's, I mean, no disrespect, but like Trace McGrady, yeah. Reggie Miller, like there's some of these guys. It's that, very overpopulated. Very. Yeah. So I think he'll get in. It's not as selective. Um, But yeah, I just, it stinks. It stinks for him because I don't know, like I said, the, the Miami will have to make like a major play for somebody to get to that level. Yeah. Like it would take like them trading Hero, Duncan Robinson, VA Vince, like all these guys for like a Damian Lillard. And it'd be like a Dame, Bam, and Jimmy or something. Like that would be the level I think that would push them over the top. But other than that, I mean, minus 10,000 Denver to win the title. Yeah. <laughs> That's very good odds. Very great odds. Yeah, actually. So. All right, I think that covers in basketball. Is there anything else you want to add, sir? There's not. All right, let's wrap it up as we always do with this day in sports. I have one that's not even on the list. I don't know how it's not. It is on the list. I know which one you're talking about, and it literally is on the list. Is it? It is. If I you actually look completely it. missed it. On this day, back in 2011. Uh, shut up. <laughs> Don't take it from me. Oh, like Brennan took mine. Did he? He did. He took That's a Seattle sucks. one. Oh, he, it is on here. It is. It's just stupid. You can't give Dirk a picture? Come on now. No, not, over, the Christian, big ones? not over Cristiano Ronaldo. Who said Cristiano couldn't have one either? Uh, well, you know what? Maybe he could have it over Bernard Langer. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Who the hell is Bernard Langer? On this day in 2011... The Dallas basketball Mavericks defeat the Miami Heat and the Big Three in Game 6, 105-95 to to win their first and only ever NBA championship. And that is one of the greatest days of my life that I'll never forget. Gotta believe in the Mavericks. They brought you a championship during your lifetime. Gotta believe in them. One of the greatest days ever. The basketball Mavericks. Dirk Nowinski winning finals MVP. The run that we went on sweeping the two-time champion Lakers. Beating the Thunder in the Western Conference Beating the, uh, the stacked Thunder. Oh, speaking of which, I brought this out for the show today because it is the last day of the NBA season and I like to wear jerseys. Look what I got today. It is the last day of the NBA season. <laughs> it is the last day That's of the NBA nice, season. That's nice, dude. Yeah. Hell, you got that today? Uh, No, my brother gave it to me. Nice. Yeah, so I'm going to throw oh, this yeah. on. But yeah, talk about your Mavericks and how great they are while I put this on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's that, Colin? That is Dirk is the best uh, yeah. basketball player of all time. Me, the best. Ba- wow. Yeah, crazy. Why'd you whisper that? They I don't. I don't know why that you whispered that. That's weird. But go th- jump across his desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at me! My Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, jersey. Looking so fire. Looks awesome, dude. Yeah. Looks sick. It reminds me I need to get in the gym. But other than that, <laughs> we're fine. <sighs> On this day, back in 2016, speaking of Cristiano Ronaldo, who becomes the first footballer to top Forbes' highest paid athletes list, earning $88 million. Cristiano Ronaldo. Nice. On this day in 1991, the Chicago Bulls beat the LA Lakers 108 101 in game five. Uh, for the first of three straight titles, Michael Jordan winning his first ever finals MVP I was, in his first NBA finals. <laughs> I was going to go that one, but since you made me switch on this day back in 2002, Shelt, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the New Jersey Nets 113 to 107 for a 4-0 sweep and their third straight title. Shaquille O'Neal, third consecutive finals MVP, Shaquille O'Neal. And, as always, <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the Good Time Sports Podcast. I am your producer and host, Andrew Maloney, with our co-host, Colin Brown, coming to you live without Brendan again. Can you guys believe that? That's week three in a row. Is it three weeks? I've now? been very consistent. You have been. Credit to you. Credit yeah. to those like, consistent out there. And I still did a week with Brendan. Yeah. So four weeks straight now, buddy. Okay. Yeah. A whole month. Pitter patter. Let's get out of for bud. you guys. <laughs> As always, <laughs> as always, follow us as on social media at Good Time Sports Pod or just at Good Time Sports. Yeah, at Good Time Sports. 
Okay. Nothing? At Good Time Spot at Good Time Sports is our pod. It's our email. That's like the only one. Oh, the okay, cool. Yeah. Anyways, follow us on Twitter, TikTok, <laughs> Instagram at Good Time Sports. And as always, thank you for tuning in to episode thirty-eight. I got it. I got it. And always remember and never forget that the Triple Crown of Racing is the 24-hour Le Mans, the Monaco Grand Prix, and the Indianapolis 500. And we will see you next week. Peace. <laughs>